0: the joy factory where we explore the art of happiness at work i'm susan defazio your host and founder of be future ready today where we develop toolkits that simplify our world of work and empower the how for happier and healthier outcomes so that people and businesses can truly thrive our podcast guests come from all walks of delight life Oh, okay, I stumbled over that. Our podcast guests come from all walks awesome of life. And today we're delighted to welcome Lee Turner, the founder and publisher of HR Network magazine. Welcome, Lee.
1: Hi, Susie. How are you? I'm
0: and I'm, I'm I'm actually feeling elated because we've finally got into the studio to record our little chat. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you are too.
1: Uh, absolutely. And I think probably I can. You- do this with no better person than you, and that'll all become obvious about our uh, connection and and things. So I'm looking oh, forward. To it. really looking forward to
0: it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, so I'm glad you settled in for a nice, cosy new chat. Um, and <laughs> I will. Uh, I will give the, uh, the listeners a little bit of background to Lee, um, because uh, you know, he's he's done so much in his career, so. Lee's professional success story is one of building a community from scratch. Starting with HR Network Magazine, and growing it into an engaged and proactive community of over 36,000 HR and business professionals. Part of Lee's success is to his experience in communications, marketing and advertising, which has helped bring people together to form valuable connections and long-lasting relationships. Through his various events like the National HR Conference, Exhibition and Leaders' Dinner in spring each year, and the HR Network National Awards, with its Gala Dinner each November, Mm -hmm. Lee has created something amazing from the ground up. Through a combination of enthusiasm, hard work, integrity and i've got to say it Lee, pizzazz i I think you've got a lot of pizzazz um so i I, you know i said earlier that you know it was part of lee's success and i say this because um to work with lee is to know how integral his wife donna and family are to the fabric of his being Uh, and i've personally had the pleasure of supporting lee as a member of his judging panel for the hr network awards so I know that and, and that everything that Lee does really comes from the heart and his family oriented values. So in this episode, we're going to be chatting about Lee's vision and um, the early days, building resilience throughout the journey and the values that contribute to building momentum. And no doubt we'll touch on what Lee's most proud of and the qualities and others that help him find fulfillment. But first, I'd like to start our chat off, Lee, if you don't mind, by um, asking you, what does joy mean to you personally?
1: What does joy mean to me? Well, Susie, it means it can mean a load of different things to me. I've had a I, you, you've described, but wow, that was some intro. Thanks, <laughs> well, well, uh, I just I, I hope I can live up to what you said. It was uh, very gratifying for somebody else to pay that that much. Um, of a tribute to it seems it seems like it was only yesterday sometimes and it seems like it was a long time ago based on some of the things that you know we've had to deal with um, yeah. and i'm sure we'll get into things around covid and recessions and i think it's, it's the things before i sort of answer the joy question i think one of the key things to our success was always being able to bounce back uh after some tough times and I think resilience and um, endeavour are are, are a big part of it for for me personally. To answer the question around joy when we first suggested about having a chat, I thought about this in a number of different ways and I think you mentioned my family. Um, My family are, as you've said, hugely integral. The success of my family is absolutely defined by the success of our business. It's about who we are uh, as as individuals so I kind of thought about four and five things I won't go into the, any any specific detail but joy for me uh, is on a number of things to do with the family one of the one of the greatest things for me uh, my both both my children are middle to senior teenagers um, and both play football at a, a reasonably high level and th- th- there's there's a there's a joy there's a joy away from work in in being able to look forward to the weekends ryan plays on a saturday and freya plays on a sunday so the the joy factor for me is everything through my kids and i spend that time with my wife and and um, my 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 family my my you know various members of my family so there's a great deal of joy there Um, it might you think about joy and you think about uh you know what conjures up that that feeling of elation and music plays a lot a big part of that we we're just back from our annual family holiday where i just uh, i just relaxed so well on holiday for the last couple of weeks and listening to music and if you think about joy you think about you know what a song does for you what you yeah. know, gives you joy and there's certain musicians uh, and songs that are here and i think god it just gives you know it's just fantastic so um, so watching the kids play football, lying by the pool doing absolutely nothing for nearly a fortnight, um, and uh, spending time with the family is is really what it's all about. I think that's kind of what what what's what sums up. We do a lot of walking, um, and uh, and the other sort of, other one relates to the children as well is that when somebody remarks on the job you've done with your children as well, I think a lot of. I take a lot of uh, satisfaction both Don and I uh, in in the in the children that we've raised. That's that's a big thing for me. And, and when somebody only this week somebody's dropped me an email having met Ryan in a sort of a work context, and, mm-hmm. and the joy that I felt <laughs> when I got the feedback on him was just incredible. So well, that's what joy means to me in, in a number of different ways.
0: Well, I mean, you're describing something that i can really relate to not not the children side of thing because you know we don't have children but i know that that i knowingly it, it just it, it it sort of fills you to the brim I, you can always tell um because i don't think we've ever had a conversation um, business or personal it kind of intertwines doesn't it but it's mm. always about you know, that, that there's there's always a feature about Donna or the children or your mum or whatever. And I think that that connection with her family is so strong that I, mm-hmm. I, I can really relate to that. So thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure you. we'll be coming back to some of these scenes. But one of the things I wanted to to talk to you about perhaps as we kick it off beyond the joy piece is that, you know, you said thank you for a, a nice introduction, but it's all fact. I mean, it, it's what you've done, and I know you're not somebody who shouts from the rooftops about your achievements, but when you look at what you've done in building that community from scratch, I mean, first of all, I have huge admiration, but can you tell us a, a little bit about the the early days, you know, the beginning of your journey, uh, your initial vision around that and what you were you were hoping to achieve
1: yeah i think without going into all the sort of detail about work history I, I found myself in a redundancy situation um and uh without with, with very little notice and i'd come from a very conf- a comfortable um and confident uh, space because I'd, I'd, I'd built up you mentioned my sort of marketing and advertising I worked for a, a major uh, retail group um, for 10 years, and, and basically from the from the mail room through the printing press room through the desktop publishing Apple Mac uh, design room to the the sort of senior design and production for a lot of the sort of the, the, the radio tv and press campaigns so uh, i i got a lot of exposure at an early stage so be, I, I became commercial with a small c is how i describe it it was it was I, I was never ever you know that sort of theory around salespeople. i was never going to be a salesperson it wasn't in my nature to be a. am quite an introvert if i'm being Entirely honest with you, but part of part of the role of being in advertising and marketing is is everything but being introvert. You've got to be extrovert. So I had a challenge through certainly through some of the the early early days of that. But I learned from some great people. I had some fantastic leaders, some wonderful managers, and and um, people that inspired me on the on the path on the way through. But um, a lot of what went on before the redundancy was basically set the redundancy up for, for a bit of a fall for me because i just had never been in that situation before wow. and i was i was looking around uh, at, at the time and what i'd realized was over the years one of the tricks that i'd learned was never to get rid of a business card uh, it, there is a there is a there is a life uh, an expiry date if you like a life expectancy of a business card, because people move on. But in those days, people stayed with companies. The longer you stayed with a company, the more loyal you were. Some people stay with companies eight months. If you, 20 years ago, if you stayed with a company eight months, you'd have half a dozen people asking you, yeah. what, what, went, what went wrong? <laughs> what went wrong? You know, And you know, who did you offend? You know, there's there's so like a the culture of the world has changed. I had a boss that, when I went into the retail group, sat in front and i had to 100 of that meeting was me um trying to persuade him that i was the right person for the job you flip that around now because the world has changed to an extent where employers are desperate to get just to get people in because of the war for talent i'm sure we'll come on to that later on but the world has changed it's turned on its head and having come through the, the the redundancy with the experience that i had there was some obvious things that I thought I could do um, that would make a, a, a bit of a difference. So at, at, at that point, what I did was with theory around never getting rid of a business card, I just went, went back round my old contacts. And those that had moved on, you ended up getting in contact with people that had replaced that person in that particular yeah. role. So all of a sudden you're multiplying each time your network. And uh, I think if you, with, with the view of sort of keep being respectful and courteous in business never getting caught out with um, you know any you know any issues around you, you know um behavior at work or, or anything like that
0: integrity
1: uh, Have integrity and being credible in everything that 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 you do you build up a rapport with people over a period of time and that's one of the most significant things about HR network is that's nearly 75% of the people that are sponsoring and advertising with us as partners today mm-hmm. are with us 20 years ago when we kicked wow. this off you know and and that was that was that was the that was the catalyst you know was 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 just being able to um you know treat people with courtesy, respect, have, have integrity and credibility as you operate uh, through. My mum always used to say things like, um, people will say to you, um, uh, just do that for us, nobody will know. The, the, the irony is everybody would know because, you know, you put yourself in that situation. So I've never treated anybody differently. Everybody gets treated the same. Uh, And even if you think about the awards judging process, the amount of people that think it's HR network that's actually conducting the judging process, that has never been the case. It never will be the case. As long as I'm heading up HR network and running it, it will always be an independent group of judges who don't represent, uh, they're not commercially linked to HR network. In any, in any way at all. And that for me is, is all about, I've said this for many years, uh, that is all about the integrity and credibility. And that's why we're on, we're going for the 16th annual gala dinner.
0: Wow. In,
1: in November. God, I remember the first one at Prestonfield House Hotel in Edinburgh, but we're in, we're in the Hilton in Glasgow and have been there for ever since. It's just, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal experience to be heading, heading that up.
0: It is. Um, and 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 so you know, I'm picking up on a couple of things. Um, the the redundancy piece. Um, and am I am I picking on this because I think um, any listener that is either going through it or or has been through it recognizes what how how difficult redundancy is. But oftentimes it can represent a huge opportunity and I mean it must have been there must have been some I'm I'm only surmising this so you can tell me if I'm wrong but it must have been quite a blow that you initially but you what I'm hearing is you you sort of thought okay how do I flip this how do I create you know my new reality
1: yeah ryan came along <laughs> i got married I got, I got married um and ryan came along and all of a sudden i had another mouth to feed
0: yeah
1: um and and it, and and that becoming a father was 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 that uh, was the catalyst i think for i don't I never, ever tell anybody, I never, ever, ever give anybody advice about um, fatherhood because every every father's different, every child is different, you know, and the amount of people you hear saying, oh, do this with the baby and do that with the baby, and, and in actual fact, every baby is different. Um, the, the thing for me with the with the the redundancy situation was it had a huge impact on my confidence because I'd come, although an introvert, I'd come from a very um, comfortable Situation, and we were—I mean, we were climbing the ladder, and we were doing reasonably well. But uh, I didn't have any worries; I didn't have any sort of major issues at, at that time. We were, we were getting married, and we we're, you know, having our family. But I think with the with the redundancy, it, it's fight or flight. Eh? It's yes. it's yes. that it's that sort of right. I've got to I've got to do this. And the funny story about that at the time, Susie was that my—I think my mum was over for dinner, and um, so what had happened was I'd, I'd sort of picked up a couple of. A couple of jobs there was one particular job with a a recruitment agency and the there was an opportunity i think to do let's just say for example it was legal recruitment and the day that i started so i was recruited for legal recruitment. i didn't want to be a recruiter i didn't i I know some wonderful recruiters but I, i always had this feeling that it wasn't for me and i still stand by that even after doing it for about a year but the door that that particular scenario open for me has opened me up to basically where we are today and that was the day i started they said to me instead of being a legal recruiter um we we want you to head up the uh hr recruitment team it's just you to begin with and you do well we'll build a team around you and i think the vision of the people that did that at the time um was pretty critical because in those days, as it is still today, there's seventy-five, seventy to seventy-five percent of the HR industry are, are female, and I think most of the recruiters at the time I think were were female, and to have a guy in there was really quite unusual. So they put me in charge of this sort of recruitment operation. I absolutely hated it. I mean, it was just not for me. When I used to do advertising sales, although I still stand by, I was never ever I regarded myself as a as a salesperson. It was always related. Building the ads never ever jumped up after a couple of months and said i didn 't want to be here once your ad went into the newspaper it was the uh, a, a, a national Scottish newspaper I worked for in fact one of the, one of the largest ones at the time and uh, that ad never jumped up out of the the newspaper and said i don 't want to be here, therefore you, you know you you yeah. lose with your as a recruiter so i couldn 't control that and that was a very difficult thing. but what I did realize with the the commercial experience that I had behind me was that looking around at the hr community once i'd kind of integrated into a bit was that there was nothing really for scotland from an hr perspective in terms of uh, events and and more notably a national magazine because before i was at uh, after i was at the um, national newspaper where i got the redundancy from was from a a a boutique magazine group for professional services Uh learned all about sort of legal, the legal world and and professional services generally in Scotland. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there was nothing, there was, you know, we had various legal titles, but there was nothing for Scotland. We had national um, titles, but there was nothing that was essentially, for me, Scotland-centric, that really adapted to a a Scottish community feel. And um, without going into specific names and, and, and places, I suggested to some of the people that were working at national level in those spaces that that perhaps Scotland could do with a a bit more of a Scotland-centric approach. Uh, And I was told that Scotland at the time was was, was important, for sure, Um, but in the grand scheme of things, um, with the number of members UK-wide, there was only a very small proportion. So let's just say there was over 150-odd thousand people nationally. it was only about 10% of that, maybe even less, in Scotland. So to do, I always suggested doing a regionalised version of a national title, okay. um, I, and and it got kicked back quite a bit. I did eventually start volunteering and being part of that, so I got a great insight into it. But I did say to them, this would be the, the, the way that I think would really help um, the movement in, in Scotland for you guys. And I think there was always this feeling that, they, they did things the way they did things and it, they weren't for changing, which was fine. I understand that. Yeah. But what I thought was, well, if, if they're not going to do it and there's nobody else doing it, I'm going to do it because I've not really got any other options here, you know. Yes. So that, that bit where you said, what was it that drove you to do that? That's what it, that's what it was. I, I, I knew, I had that feeling inside me that um, even if I was only ever dealing with the twelve to 15,000 people, um, in Scotland, that was that, that would have been fine. That would have been enough for me, you know.
0: But you what you were doing there, you you, you know, and you're right. If it, you can take, and I've done it myself, you take ideas to your bosses and you know leadership and so on, and you feel passionately about it, but they can they can reject that for for lots of very good reasons. But you really stuck with that. You might have had there might have been sort of a a burning platform for you but there, there is there still is a uh there's still courage in following your instinct don't you think i mean you know it, it, it when when people repeatedly sort of say to you no perhaps not it can chip away perhaps did you ever find that or did the the fire in you just keep burning and, and sort of ignite that passion to do it on your own
1: yeah, there was all of all of the above. Everything you've mentioned, there was. I think there is a there is a sort of a stand first uh, reaction from people when you suggest you're going to do something new. The first thing that people do is they tell you they try to discourage you and say it'll never work. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was ever, you, you know, of 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 a, a type that would go. I'm going to try and prove you wrong. I don't. I don't think I ever felt like that. I, I think what I was relying on was minor sort of feeling around. I know that that will work. It just has to be done. It has to be done in a way that, that people appreciate it. They want it. They need it. And I think like everything else, I've always said this: is if somebody, and I was having this conversation with somebody recently when they said somebody said to me, "But what about so and so? Somebody else is doing something similar." And I said, "Yeah, but um, if if you if you if you do something and you do it well." Um, there's almost like there's, there's almost like a changing over people then start to think oh and they start looking up and that's what happened with us we we launched the first ever issue of the HR network magazine after i had suggested many times for people to regionalize their magazines mm-hmm. uh, on the 1st of September 2005 and we had the we had the picture of the top of the crown of the baby's head and we just said new new arrival um, and then ah. ever since then, I've looked at all these different front covers in the magazine. They've changed so much over the years, but we just had new arrival, and that was that was basically um, the the start of it. That was although, although the start of it was probably two years before because it took me two years to get it all put together. Right. Uh, and 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 I know that you're probably thinking, well, how did you go from redundancy to, uh, to for two years and then going into that? Well, the simple truth was that. I had a flat <laughs> that I sold <laughs> nice. and lived lived off the profit, wow. of the flat, which had to fund us because Donna, I wasn't, I was insistent that Donna um, was working part time and and uh, with a family coming up, we didn't ever want to. I didn't want to say to her, "You're going to have to start going back and um, full time." Yeah. So we, we, we were able to with with the proceeds of that that property, we were able to live. I think we even got a, a family holiday to uh, Florida when when she was pregnant wow. with uh, Ryan out of that. So we did, we did not bad. So, um, but it took me two years of no income. Um, and in actual fact, I've just said that, that could have applied to 2020 as well, because we had two yeah. years of no income during COVID, but that, that's a, that's another story for maybe either later on or for another day. But I think um, just just having, you know, having the, the foresight and, and just wanting to, you know, to bash on was completely driven by new family, um, and as I mentioned earlier on, my mum was at, at the house when I came home after the, the, the everything had fallen through, And I said, I think I'm going to set up a magazine for Scotland. And it was the usual. My mum my mom was the same. Oh, then not he be so silly? <laughs> 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 one, of, one of those, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say she said get a real job. Because, you know, I mean, she probably had aspirations, definitely had aspirations for me. But I think there was obviously an element of risk involved. But I just knew in my heart of hearts that 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 would work um you
0: know what you're talking about i mean first of all i you know i've known you a while but i i never knew the story about you selling me a flat as a you know and using that the the return on that to funnel because you know that's a massive risk but what you're describing here and i think it's really important for other people to to just to see that it happens and and there is payoff but you It's about faith in your vision. It's something that you feel, yeah, there's, there's a commercial aspect to it, but it's more than that. It's, it's being able to see something that other people don't see, but then the tenacity to kind of follow it through. I mean, that it takes, I'm going to use a word I don't often use, but that takes grit, I think. Mm -hmm. um but what about so we know your family is important to you we know we've heard a wee bit about the early days and the sort of the the redundancy and then flipping it and then taking the risk but what apart from your experience in marketing communication recruiting what do you think was sort of instilled in you you know from a values point of view what was it that sort of really contributed and gave you that grit do you think
1: um possibly a number of things but if i was to sum it up in one word susie i think the word struggle would probably be the most pertinent description for it all because um and there's probably other things that, that you're not aware of but um my my mum and dad uh, married at 20, I think my mum was 27, I think my dad was maybe 27 and a half. There wasn't uh, much much between them. So the real early life began um, in, in in around sort of 1964, 63, 64, when they got married and everything seemed to be, you know, very well, uh, going very well. And, uh, my mum they, they couldn't conceive for one reason or another they couldn't have they, it seemed like they couldn't have children uh-huh. and then um six years after marriage they they conceived and they had um twin boys i'm i i am an i i have an identical twin brother
0: uh-huh.
1: and um the, the joy that that brought to them was 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 you know unbelie- unbelievable after Going years and thinking that they would probably never have children. Yeah. But what might blow your socks off even, or the the, the listeners' socks off even, was that my mum then had another set of twins wow. within 17 months of the first set. Wow. So so everything on the face of it seemed well. The, the where things um, took a slight change was so it was boy two boys the first time my brother and I and then my mum's second set is my is my sister right 17 months younger but she also had my wee brother my wee brother was was born with down syndrome
0: right
1: and uh, subsequently he had a hole in his in his heart and and subsequently died just just after i being a year old so so my sister sadly well we lost the, my our wee brother but more notably being a twin um my wee sister lost her twin brother
0: yeah, that's huge.
1: Which, which plunged the family into a real, you know, a, a you know, a very very
0: dark place. You know, dark
1: place. Um, and I think, you know, I think I think when that happens, everybody behaves the way that they behave. It's, there's there's, a, there's natural things take effect. And I think what what it did with my mum was it made my mum, because of the other three children very strong. It, it gave her a, a deep sense of um, strength, even though she'd just lost her baby. Right. And the irony in all of this, Susie, is that um, hole-in-the-heart surgery is done by keyhole now. It's, yeah. it's a simple procedure. It's not simple for everybody. I don't want to sound flippin' but it, the, in, the, in the main, modern medical technology would, would, would have it that that's a very simple procedure. In generally speaking, and, and, and had that been available in those days, um, you know, we would have had our wee brother. But more notably, as a twin, my sister would have had her her twin brother. Yeah, so that 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 was that. But then within, and my dad reacted in the way that that he, that he reacted, and and but it it wasn't the same as my mum. And and I think that caused you, you know from going from being this sort of happy married couple. For six or seven years, and probably not a perfect relationship, just like everybody else. But I I think to come from that, and then the the joy of having not one but two in their first set, but then, and and, and try and imagine as well, she had. Four babies, yeah. less less than a year and a half. My goodness! Um, at once, and actually, it, it might be worth you sitting down with my mum one day and having a chat with her because some yeah. of the stories we could tell are just—they're off the scale. They're really off the scale. Mm. A, a hugely strong woman, but the the struggle didn't didn't end there. Sadly, because within um, I think it was three or four years of my my wee brother dying, my father passed away. Wow! Uh, when he was when he was forty. Um, with with some some heart problems and so the struggle just got worse you know and without dwelling on it all we are we're where we are um i think because of what i said the the struggle i think you you've got a choice you know something happens to you in your life everybody has a struggle at some period in their life i know people that haven't had any struggle in life whatsoever and are are Having a struggle now, yes. and then other people that have just struggled all the time. So our struggle was very early on, uh, but life became a struggle uh, just getting just getting by. But you know the learnings from that and the experience that that, that we got from it, um, you know, I think it basically just made us the the, the people that we are very close knit. For some growing up. Yeah. Uh, we're deeply deeply loyal to our, our mum who's still going strong i think she's 87 this year wow, wow. <laughs> an absolutely amazing woman with uh you know with so much re- resilience and and a, you know her her inner strength is, and, and when you think about it some imaginable pain over the years but her inner, her inner, strength uh, has kept us going, and it's and we're all doing really, really well. The the, the three of us um, are doing are doing really, really well.
0: But you know, I mean, what you're there are no words, are there, um, to to describe the sort of the anguish? I suppose that must have been just so um, bubbling at the surface, and yet what you're describing is. A family that pulled together and a mother that was now the head of the family if i can say it like that
1: Mm -hmm,
0: and you know and i would imagine also uh, having to then become the breadwinner so she's 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 mother and father um these very young children and navigating your way through grief and i think you're absolutely right i don't think there's any human being um that ever goes through life, that sails through life without, um, you know, different degrees of sadness. But that, that can sink some people. We, um, yeah. it can. It, uh, and it, um, but it seems to me, knowing you, you know, based on how 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 how, how I've known you over the last three four years, but also listening to you just talking about it today, it seems to have ignited. A resilience in you all oh, that that transferable resilience from your mom and that strength mm-hmm. seems to have come through into to you and your siblings uh, with that is that a fair sort of assessment of of what i'm hearing
1: yeah no I, 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 absolutely and i said earlier on we're, we're not all perfect so i think there I, I i think um you know i think today there's so much available now for people so if you think about child bereavement you know there was um my mum my didn't get counseling of any nature when she lost her baby she she was she just had to survive for the sake of um the three other children you know and, and family life and then losing my dad very quickly after that um and an actual fact, we've talked about this recently uh, as a family where we, there was nothing available even for us. Um, and, you know, I think everybody reacts, and I've said that already, people react in, in their own way. Um, I think we might, have, we might have benefited from that. So it's made us who we are, and we're not, you know, whilst we're all doing well, you know, we, we, life was frantic, life was chaotic. Uh-huh. Um, she was trying to juggle. I mean, she was trying to juggle four babies under a year and a half generally anyway, because my dad was working all day and then at the weekends he was a very keen golfer. So he went away and golfed, you know. Um and then there was a funny story because my mum um don't mind saying my mum's Catholic and my yeah. father was uh, Church of Scotland. And my father said, Yeah, of, of course, they'll be brought up, the kids will be brought up as Church of Scotland. And she said, Well, look, that's that's fine, that's absolutely fine, I don't mind that, mm-hmm. uh, as long as they have a you know, a um, you know, religious up. And, and, and in the days, I'm um, you know, you'll you, do the math, you you know, I'm, I'm up to a certain age, but in those <laughs> days, you know, religious uh, being religious was actually very important to. Uh, you know, Christian religion and, and what have you. Hmm. But my dad said, well, I play golf on a Sunday, so you'll have to, she said, I'm not taking them to your church, I'll take them to my church. So <laughs> oh, a, really? we, were, we were brought up as Catholic. So we went, to, we went to Catholic schools all the way through our education because, um well, she was quite happy for us to go to Church of Scotland churches, but- um
0: But if she was taking you, she was going to take you to her church. I get that, I understand that
1: so that was it so that was that so that that was just another wee sort of small thing that changed
0: there. I like her style I mean I it feels like you know so many people nowadays talk about resilience but when you you know you you've talked about your initial vision you talked about sort of the tipping point around the redundancy and then that two-year period 2 you you know, you didn't use this word, but knowing you, this tenaciousness, I imagine would have just been—you know—you got a bit between your teeth. You weren't letting it go. But do you think all this sort of your, your, your family, your childhood experience? Do you think that's made you more resilient and businessly? Do you think that's really helped you?
1: Yeah, and I think I'm carrying the torch from my mum now because my mum instilled that in in all three of us. Mm-hmm. You know, as you carry, you know, you carry that on. And and one of my one of my mum's proudest sort of moments is seeing, on numerous occasions now, with all our grandchildren around about her, is that she sees very much her struggle uh, and and her resilience, the tenacity that you talk about. Um, that she had has has rubbed off on us, and we have then passed that on to you know our own children. Our own children will never ever know. I mean, we'll tell them they know the story, they know the background to it all, but they won't. I don't think they'll, they 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 could ever experience, um, you know, the struggle that we that we had growing up. And uh, and I haven't talked about it all of my life. It's only since, um, well, certainly since I became a, a dad, but as I get older um it, it comes up a lot in in conversation uh with for instance with with donna donna had a completely different uh, lifestyle and, and upbringing to us with you know our mum and her dad and you know successful successful people mm-hmm. and um we we dove we've particularly well and and what I what I probably do is I over I don't know if I am overemphasizing the struggle sometimes but I want my children to know that life isn't easy yeah. you, know, you know even even if you are in a comfortable situation you know the, the you know that there's there's unimaginable things happen you know to to people in all walks of life every every day of 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 the year and and it's how it's how you deal with that and I think the tenacity and that resolve and the resilience that my mum instilled in us is is thankfully now going into the kids and she loves she loves to, to, to see that they're you know
0: well i mean you know i think it, it, we, there is a the nurture nature thing isn't that and i think mm. we are shaped by experiences but what you're just saying something about um mm-hmm. and i want to pick up on it about you know it's perhaps only fairly recently that you um have been more open about talking about your past. But don't you? I kind of feel that nowadays, I mean, years ago, 20 years ago, Lee, people didn't, you didn't bring these stories into the workplace, did you? You, you, there was a much more of a, I felt anyway, maybe it was my initial, um, I worked in public sector than private sector, but there was almost like a bit of a ringing fence. You may, you may have had your friends and, you chatted and but in the workplace it just wasn't as transparent around the the personal aspects of our of our lives would you agree with me or or is that no
1: No, entirely I, i think entirely i think mental health um is is something that is just um it's it's huge proportion in in daily life and you know how people are now being encouraged you remember in you know back in the sort of well, I mean, it's, it's back in my mum's day, you know. The, you know, even when they talk about, you know, young boys being told to man up and and yeah. and, and, and all those kind of um, descriptions of, you know, trying not. And it was, and, you know, first in some cases it still can be quite taboo. There is a very, I don't want to sound like other people coming on and talking about it because it's a bit cliche, but there is this sort of macho culture that, that that's that's gone on um I, I you know i think the flip side of that is i, I think we 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 we're on a danger of now that it's labeled as something um mm-hmm. you know I, I think it's it's grown legs and arms and 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 everything else so it's 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 um it, it's, it's, it's you know it's, it's it's on a massive scale but but it but i think definitely um, we are being encouraged. I mean, you, you won't pick up one copy of our magazine without set something in it about mental health and yeah. helping people and encouraging and supporting people to find providers and um, outlets for, for support for, for people from all from all walks of life. We're not talking just about men. And, and you know, there's, there's, a, there's a whole load of social issues now that impact us all. And I think we have to be, we have to show compassion and understanding that's that's what society teaches us is that you've got to you've got to, you've got to show compassion and, and understanding and the other thing that i also talk about is is the hidden is the hidden stuff you know i know i'm sort of being quite open about things and maybe it's a bit late in the day to be talking about it but you know any time's a good time but,
0: no and i
1: think there's so many people that struggle that that just can't find the words they just can't they, just, they can't find the words it, 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 we, we're all affected by it mental health good or bad affects us all um you know some some things it's just getting out your bed on a monday morning um and uh, you know there's there's some desperate people that that need that need help and i think part of where where we are as a business is that you know we're right in the the hr people are seen as the custodians of you know developing our our, our people and i think it's a bit, It's turned into a bit of a privilege for us to be able to voice um, you know, some some of the experiences that people have so that other people that perhaps don't have a voice or feel they can't uh, open up about it can do so. There's so many different charities now. We've worked with loads of different charities. Uh, See Me, the See Me Scotland campaign, we're involved in a conference um, which is connected to SAMH, which was the Scottish Association for Mental Health and um, you know, there's head torch, and there's loads of different people that we've worked with uh, over the years, and we will continue to do do so because this is not going away. We, you know, this this will always be. You're absolutely.
0: Right. I think you know you're. I think it's right. I mean, and I can talk from personal experience. A uh, family member, one of my grandparents, and this, and I'm going back many years ago when when it was sort of. Well, people didn't talk about it. And um, in fact, the very opposite, there was almost a bit of a shame attached to it. But um one of my grandparents had two nervous breakdowns actually. And I think, you know, for me, um I was always aware of um, you know, the, the how how mental health can be so Destabilizing. It's not just about having a bad day or feeling sad. It's much more significant than that. But I know that previously, my personal experience is you get that sort of tight ring of fence around that. And then most recently, for instance, a, another family experience, we we're dealing with a, a, a vulnerable adult in our family, and I have been much more open with people that I work with, and and it's completely you know it's changed and i think that's there's a good thing because certainly i get a lot of comfort from being as honest and as transparent as you've been today on our on our and you know as we've been chatting and i think that, i think that helps other people i think do you know the, the, for me it's not feeling alone like you 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 you're in it on your own. You can go to charities, you can go to different organisations, but just knowing that other people are maybe struggling a tiny bit can actually make you feel not isolated, I think.
1: Yeah, it's isolation. Isolation is the key to it all because it's only when people leave it um for for so long and the isolation just becomes intolerable. That's yeah you know, that, that that that's the that's the challenge is we've got to we've got to create environments and you know it's, it's susie it's unbelievable we, we we work with um so many different organizations they come through the awards they want to speak at our conferences they want to speak at our we have little intimate dinners with 40 odd people uh, hr directors on a fairly regular basis and everybody wants to offer the help and, and i think that's that, that is, it's about that going forward that's what breaks down the isolation
0: well you know, yeah, absolutely. But you know, um, you one of the things, I know this is not about um, me and what brings me joy, but I think it's really important for me to say it in the context of what we're talking about. And that is, it has been one of the biggest privileges of my life, being a, a panel judge member for the, the National Awards, your National Awards, because... You hear the stories, you hear how HR professionals and business leaders are just going above and beyond to create environments that are happy, healthy, productive, and so on. And, and that, I have to say, Lee, that that brings me professionally a huge amount of joy, which takes me on to my next question, actually, because I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of our time, but... I know that you don't talk easily about your successes and you, you, you talk a lot, you know, the the, the, the pride in your, your family is obvious, but I would like you to have a wee think for a moment, but just what are you most proud of professionally? For, put the family to one side. Think about what you have achieved with the help of your family. But with HR Network magazine, with the awards, with everything that you've done, Lee,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how would you? What would you say you're most proud of?
1: Gosh, that's such a,
0: a big question, isn't it?
1: Good question, Susie. I've never given that a thought, but and I might I actually might struggle. But but here goes. I've got. I, I don't know if this is the right answer because there's nothing. There's nothing comes to mind because that's not how I'm primed. You know, to yeah,
0: you're not wired that
1: way. HR network is very much the people's thing. It's never about us. It's not who we are. Um, I, you know, there's there's even a bit when we've got. You, you, you know yourself, we have nearly 800 people every November in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a wee bit at the beginning where I've got to sort of stand on stage uh, like a quivering wreck and, and thank them all for being there. And um, it's the worst place that I want to be, but it's the best best place um, that I've ever been. And I think just being being able, the, the, the easiest way for me to explain it, I guess, is that I I, I used to go to bed and have a book, a notepad at the side of my bed with a pen because I I I'm just a, I like ideas and I was never ever good at getting up in the morning and and remembering them so I always did write write them write them down during during the night.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And there was one particular time that I, not long before we were coming into a gala dinner and we we discovered that there was people travelling. As the years have gone on, people it's had much wider appeal with people coming from China, India, uh, all across the world. And I think I think to sum it up, the feeling was that when I set the magazine up, that was an idea in itself. But when I set the awards up, somebody told me that it would never work, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I, 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 and it and it did I, I, and. So after sort of quite a few years of having that success and realizing that that they were wrong and I was right, <laughs> I, uh, I, what I thought to myself was just what people do in the lead up to that dinner. So the best way for me to sum that question up in, in one go is it's amazing what people, the level that people go to to, to do to be ready for that dinner. So we've got people booking flights coming over from overseas. We've got people going and, you know, buying new outfits, <laughs> hats, bags and shoes to match. It's all that kind of stuff that yeah. people never really think about. There's a social aspect to it for me. And whilst I describe myself as an introvert, I love bringing people together for the greater good. That's, that's kind of part of my motto. Mm-hmm. It's just shared information if i wasn't doing it susie somebody else would be doing it so we are better just to all collaborate and work together because nobody actually owns this nobody actually owns the community you what you do is you strive to make the community a really dynamic innovative but most importantly engaging environment for people to come together mm-hmm. and, and you know there is i always say this jokingly but there is a point in the dinner that after a certain time for me all bets are off i go to my i wait on my bed or i go to the bar for a quick nightcap uh-huh. uh, and bringing people together is, is the is the biggest buzz um, and hr network kind of being seen as the centerpiece to the community i struggle to measure the impact that that's have that's, that's had on the industry from a personal point of view i can't i just know it's great it's a great feeling so that's i think that's that's the best way i could answer
0: that well, i mean it, and it's a great answer because i think sometimes it's very difficult to put your finger on one thing but i think you know i fear the i fear the feedback and i know that you would be uh perhaps reluctant to to, to blow your own trumpet, as it were but i think certainly for me um it's your I think you said it yourself, it's it's this making that connection for the greater good. But it's not just that way, it's the way in which you do it. It's you're highly collaborative, um, you're you're empathetic, you've got a great sense of humour. And I think actually, and I identified with being an introvert because I think sometimes when we are introverts, actually you put more of your heart and soul soul, it's it's less about showing yourself and more about letting the community stand and speak for itself and those valuable connections that professionals um, need I mean you know we spend so much time so much of our time at work you need that in the same way we, we need strong family and friend connections, we need that professionally. And what you're doing is you you're creating that space and that forum. Um, and I think it's amazing. I, I really do. I've got one more question before we before we um sort of wind this up. I could talk to you for hours and you know you and I could have a good blather for a very long time. But um what if you were to say what have you learn that you you know some words of wisdom that you could pass on to somebody else who's maybe thinking of starting a a type of community you know um what what would you what would be your just words of wisdom to them
1: um I, i would only ever look at my own experience and i and i felt knowing the industry that i'd gotten into Quite accidentally, I, I, I might add, um, just just a difference that I could make. So my my advice to somebody uh, would be just to make sure that you're you feel right about the contribution that that you can make. And then actually, when I first set this all off, I didn't think for any minute that we would have thirty six thousand readers of our magazine at, at the point of print and just prior to COVID, or that we'd have. You know, 400 and 500 people between the conference and the leaders dinner that we have in May, uh-huh. or, the, or the nearly eight hundred people that come to you know the gala dinner in November, and and notwithstanding the many thousands of people over and above that that, that are part of our social media community as well, uh-huh. you, you don't set out to do that. So one of the big pieces of advice, and I do a wee bit of mentoring with some people, and and. Set out to do something that makes a difference, that, that gives people something to feel attached to, feel a, a sense of purpose. You should have a sense of purpose. Yeah. Um, and don't be thinking, oh, we're going to have the biggest in the band. Never set this up to be the number one uh, HR magazine in in Scotland, Yeah. but it is. But it is. Yeah. And I never set it up. There's, I, I, you and I have talked about this, Susie, on on numerous occasions in in other contexts. But I still say to this day that I have no right. I feel personally that I have no right to own Scotland's national magazine for HR professionals. I have no right to own the national awards uh, or the national conference. That's that's the thing that drives me forward because I'll never ever take that for granted because it may have been that other people could and should have and would have done it to, to coin a, a bit of a cliche but we, we i did it but i didn't know where it was going to go and that and that's something that it depends what your end goal is what the what's the objective what is it you're trying to do um and and sometimes you could get people just trying to create a mini community for 20 people that's brilliant yes. make Brilliant yeah. for twenty people. Volume is nothing. I always my my sort of statistical motto is twenty five percent of something is better than half of nothing. <laughs> and, and I think when you're driving forward to try and drive in, um, you know, numbers. You want to be the biggest. You want to be the best. That's when people start picking you off. That's when you know. That's when you start uh, getting people saying, "Oh, you're you've not got any right to do this. You don't get any." nonsense absolutely it, it, it's what you do and if you stick to your principles and the ethical aspect of it all um you treat people with dignity and respect and courtesy these are all the things that my mum taught us and and that's how i that's how i move forward every day it's just never want to ever let my mum down and my brother doesn't want to let my mum down and my sister doesn't want to let my mum down so that's and and my kids have been taught that now, you know, um, and, and and hopefully their kids will feel like that as well in the years to come. Although I don't, I don't, I'm not, in, I'm not wanting to be a grandparent too soon. We've got no, quite you, a few years.
0: You've got enough on your plate. They've still got some growing up and living to do. You know, Lee, honestly, I, I knew, I knew that this conversation, our rechat, would be, um, inspiring for others, and that's why. I really am grateful for you taking the time to to share your story. Also for being um, just so transparent about the joys and the struggles. But there's a, a word that you haven't used, that I'm going to use, that, that I think it, it, it contributes to your success. And I would to say it's, um you are humble, um, and that's... And I think that's a great quality in in anybody that starts out and wants to make a difference because you've got to have the drive, the grit, the determination, and perhaps swim against the tide. But when the success does come, um, you're not bigger you're not bigger than it. And I think that for me is how I would sum you up. You're somebody who's tremendously successful but holds on to who they are and what they're trying to do and it's your intentions pure and i just want to say thank you very much for coming on this episode of the joy factory
1: that's that's wonderful thank you i know my mum will be proud of me for that so that's fantastic
0: and rightly so thank you so much lee
1: thanks susie
0: thank you what a story lee was able to share with us about the unimaginable heartache that shaped his approach to work and family, and what led him to build such a successful professional community from the ground up. I hope you found it as inspirational as I have. What a privilege. Please join us for the next episode of The Joy Factory, where I'll be chatting with our next guest and discovering their thoughts about how we connect happiness for ourselves and others.